Welcome to PTSD 911 Presents. My name is Conrad Weaver. I'm your host for this show, and I'm the producer and director of the documentary film PTSD 911 that's currently in production. We started this podcast last year and called it the First Responder Friday podcast, and now we're revisiting the show and rebranding it as PTSD 911 Presents. Thanks for tuning in. We recorded this show live on Zoom with an audience. And if you'd like to participate in future events and be a part of the audience, please visit our website at PTSD911movie and register for our weekly newsletter. You'll get access to this show and other content not available on our usual social channels. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. We are here tonight with a very special guest. I'm really excited that uh, Pip has joined us. Pip is also known as Robert Piparo, and he is lieutenant with the city of New Brunswick Fire Department in New Jersey and the director of 555 Fitness, a firefighter-operated non-for-profit that began with a mission to reduce the line of duty deaths within the fire service. And 555 Fitness has grown to provide motivation and free workouts to emergency responders each day via social media and awards fitness equipment grants to fire and police EMS departments through their strength is our foundation grant program. And we are so honored to have Pip join us tonight on the show. Pip is also, uh, he's a career and volunteer fire EMS has volunteer fire and EMS experience and, and, and paramedic experience. He's told me and probably most important, he's a married father of two young boys. Pip, welcome to the show. Dude, thanks for having me. That was like the best intro ever of me, I think. <laughs> and I'm so honored that I get to be the first guest in the relaunch of this. You know, I know we talked about it, but I kind of thought you did one or two of these already. I guess I missed the part that I would be No, first this like is this. the very first one. So excited to uh, get it started. And I really don't know. I know I've got one other that's kind of in waiting in the wings to do this, but uh, I don't know how many we're going to do, but uh, this is we'll see how it goes and how the response is from audiences. And as we do, I want to give people an opportunity to jump in on a live show and have an opportunity to bring people on experts on and, and have some interaction. And so later in the show, we're going to open up the microphones and let people actually ask questions, you know, uh, from what they heard from, you know, your presentation. And so I wanted to try something different and then we'll just see how this rolls out. And so it's an honor when I actually, Pip, I have to say, and for all of you who uh, don't know about the new amazing app called Clubhouse, <laughs> uh, Clubhouse is a new audio app that is, uh, is audio only, and you can jump into a room. And that's how I met Pip. He was, you were, you were like co-hosting, you were a guest on the show. <laughs> it's hard to tell Clubhouse. anymore with those Clubhouse rooms. I'm all I know, right? right? <laughs> they all <laughs> blend together. To this, you get invited to the stage and then, okay, who's who's who here? But uh, he was on the stage on a Clubhouse uh, room and uh, heard his story. And I was like, man, I got to reach out to this guy. And it was like, right, I think it was right after the Oscars, right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so you were, I think, yeah, you were in the room that, that talked about Hollywood Pip. So that was it. You're yes. Correct. Hollywood Pip. Yep. That, that's what kind of got my attention. It's like Hollywood Pip, what's this about? So he looks like a interesting guy and he's talking about the Oscars and it's like, okay, what's this? I'm, I'm in the movie business. So that kind of gets commercial during the Oscars, not the actual Oscars. <laughs> right. It's a commercial during the Oscars. Let's hey, but you never know where it can lead, right? This is true. Very true. <laughs> I've always said, you know what? One of my movies one day is going to, I'm going to be standing up there with the little golden statue. You know, nice. Saying, I want to thank my mom. <laughs> Hopefully I could star in that movie because I have the little Oscars experience, you know. There you go. Yeah. So just to get everybody's, you know, everybody's curiosity now, what was the Oscar experience for you? Um, yeah. So uh, a casting company of a few weeks before the Oscars, maybe a month and a half before the Oscars had uh, asked if I would be interested in possibly participating in a Verizon wireless commercial about how I used Verizon wireless during the pandemic. Um, so I went through a few interviews with some casting folks and the director um, and out of I have no idea how many people I got picked and I got to go out to California and I filmed uh, for three and a half hours with uh, an amazing production company called Hungry Man Productions 
And we talked about everything that happened to me during the pandemic and my family um, at the firehouse, at home with my kids, with 555 Fitness doing uh, Zoom workouts. Um, And in all of that talking, uh, the director really honed in on the fact that my wife is a physician assistant and she was working on the front lines. I was working on the front lines. But the story that they told on the commercial was how we communicated back and forth to each other about what she was dealing with and what she was seeing in the hospital. Um, And I compared, uh, I now explained how I had the feeling her going to work and me being afraid for her, just like she's been afraid for me going to work for the past 17 years. And that was the 45 seconds of the commercial they used. Yeah. It was a really cool commercial. I, you know, I didn't see it. Uh, I don't have, t- I don't have TV anymore. So Me neither. I had to go to my in-laws house. Yeah, I had to, I had to go house. somewhere else to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to find it like on, on YouTube and it's like, and I think it was after I talked to you, I was like, I got to go, I got to Google this thing and see if I can find it. And I did find it and, and then shared it. And it's actually in on the page, I think for this event, I posted there or linked it there. Oh, anyway, thanks, so. man. <laughs> it was an amazing yeah. experience. And, and, you know, being, being a, a firefighter and just being a firefighter. So getting to see that process of how a commercial is made and be a part of it. And all of the people that I got to meet throughout the process, like it's, it's all the respect to them and to you for what you're doing behind the camera there. It was just, it was an amazing two days of seeing things. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I feel really lucky to do what I do. And I'm, you know, I've never done anything, a commercial that's national commercial, like, you know, what you were in, I've done some local commercials, you know, it's always fun to do those kind of things, but, uh, yeah. And I'm sure that the whole thing in Hollywood, that's a whole crazy experience to be involved in that. And, and so, yeah, congratulations. Thank that's, you. That's Thank you. It was, it was amazing. To, that was the easiest way to explain I'm, it. And I'm a Verizon customer. So, you know, that's, Go Verizon, right? that's, it. I mean, that's it. That was a big part of it. You had to be, it says under my name, uh, not paid actor, real Verizon customer. And that I am So, not an actor well, and not any Verizon customer. Yeah. Well, so let's give, let's give some folks some background. Uh, who are you and what do you do? Sure. Sure. So, uh, so I'm a Lieutenant with the city of New Brunswick fire here in New Jersey. I ride on engine one on the second platoon. Uh, I've been with New Brunswick Fire for about 17 years. Um, I've been involved in the emergency services for just over 25 years. I started as a 16-year-old volunteer EMS cadet. Um, I worked career EMS for a while. I worked as a dispatcher. Um, I pretty much tried to get hired by every fire department I could get try to get hired by. And it just so happened that I was able to be hired in the department in my home city just the way the cards fell with numbers mm. and testing and things like that. What's that like doing runs and calls in your home city? It's pretty awesome. You know, my father was on the job before me in this department. So being able to, uh, our fire, my firehouse is 90, uh, 96 years old this year. So mm. being able to work in the same firehouse, my dad did, you know, same office, same trucks. Um, and then to respond in the community I grew up in, you know, to go to my, my grammar school, which is now closed, being used for something else. It's, it's always a cool experience to have that tie-in. Mm-hmm. What got you interested in, besides your dad being, being a firefighter, what got you interested in following your dad's footsteps? When I found out I could become an EMT at 16, like and join a, a rescue squad in another town, I, I was like, you know, let me try this because I really don't know what it is I want to do in life. You know, they tell you that when you graduate high school or you're getting close to it, you're supposed to have these ideas. And, you know, some people wanted to be doctors and some people wanted to do this. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I said, let me throw my hand into this and, and see if I like it. Um, and I really took to it. You know, my senior year of high school, I became an EMT and most of my spare time was spent riding on the ambulance from that moment on. Um, and then the rescue squad I was on also had a, had a rescue truck. So we did uh, rope rescue and extrication. Definitely liked all that kind of uh, exciting part of it, that end of it, more than the medicine even. So I kind of knew like maybe I should do this fire thing and see what it was all about. Mm-hmm. And so in your, that, that's a really young person to be on calls that are probably pretty serious, pretty traumatic, pretty, you know, uh, you see things, you know. And what was that experience like when you were still in your teens? Yeah, that's one of those ones that I wish I could remember type things, but I really don't. 
you know, and, and I look back towards it and say, like, you know, I had no idea what I was looking at while I was doing that at that age. And I'm honestly not so sure it's a good age for people to start at and, and seeing things like that. You know, there's there's definitely ways that you could be involved and not be exposed to those direct traumas like I was at that young of an age. Um, so it's one of those things that as I get older and I look back, it's just kind of like, man, I, I didn't even know what was going on and processing it and things, especially the way I do now. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure back then there wasn't really the, the interest or the training in, you know, dealing with traumas, not even close to it. And you know, that even when I went into career EMS at 19, um, there was next to nothing for us. You know, it, it took a very significant event, um, like 9-11, you know, it was probably the first mm -hmm. event that I responded to that we were offered anything afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and then too, I was also working in dispatch uh, for a while, right before I got hired uh, for the fire department, I was a dispatcher for a few years and we weren't even ever considered in, Hey, you guys listen to this on the radio. You know, I, I dealt with a, a paramedic uh, line of duty death um, that I was in the dispatch room for. Um, and we were never even included at that time in any of the post-incident stress debriefings that went on for that. And that was at the time that was the norm, you know, everybody did the best that they could. Um, so it's pretty amazing now when I see organizations, including dispatchers and things like this and doing so much more for, for employees and responders. Mm -hmm. So, so you were on, on the call for nine, for, on nine 11, you were, uh, yes. you were called yeah. to New York. Yes. Um, I didn't, I did not make it to New York. Uh, my, the task force that I was a part of, uh, we ended up in, um, Jersey city getting ready to board ferries and, and we just never mm -hmm. did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that was a real surreal day and experience for. It definitely was for, for, you know, obviously everyone that was there, us that didn't make it even over that far, you know, we didn't really, it was one of those things where you didn't really realize how serious it was. And then when we realized why they were sending us home was because there was no one left to help. You know, like the, the rescue was over for the most part. There were still mm -hmm. people rescued days after, but the, they didn't need this large response. And you realized what actually occurred. Um, mm -hmm. And then the days subsequently after that, um, we continued to go in and assist. Um, I never went back. Um, mm -hmm. I, I never, I didn't go back to ground zero until I, um, I did a Tough mutter. Oh, not a Tough mutter. Sorry. I did. I ran the Steven Stiller 5k that finishes at ground zero It was the first time I had mm -hmm. ever been back there many years later, but I couldn't mm -hmm. bring myself to sign up on the list to go work at the site. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'll, it's ironic that I live in, in, in a small town of Emmitsburg, Maryland, and my house number is 343. The number and pops up in so many places that, you know, you just realize things when you're attached to this. Um, it yeah. happens in a, in a very different note. Um, with the number 555, this number pops up in my life almost every day. And granted, there's two 555s on the clock every day, but I see it 1555 and I just happen to see it on a clock passing. You know, when you're driving and you look at the bank clock, it says 555. Like, so it's just one of those tie-ins that I think when you're involved in emergency services, for some reason, you have these different tie-ins that occur. And that's definitely another one yeah. of them. And I've been, you know, I live right across the street from the, the National Fallen Firefighter Memorial. And I've been over there and looked at that 9-11 plaque that has, you know, 343 names on it. And it's really amazing to see that and to real sobering yeah. you know, to see that. And then, I mean, it's not only the 343, but it's the, so, the maybe hundreds who have perished since then because of... 9-11 cancer. It's such a, a whole yeah. nother trauma to people and, and how many more people were affected than, than just the people that day. Um, and, you know, one thing that I've definitely seen throughout the years in, in the emergency services too, is, is the, the 343 firefighters definitely is the largest number, but you see more um, talk about the EMS employees, more talk about the mm -hmm. police officers, the Port Authority police officers, and then all the civilians and the folks mm -hmm. on the planes in, in Pennsylvania, you know, so as time goes on, it's that never forget and you start to 
have more layers of the trauma and what happened after the incident. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just one of those things that at that magnitude during the event, you never think of, but here we are 20 years later and we're thinking of all these other folks. Mm -hmm. What, what role did trauma play in you starting five, 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 um, your program there. It's interesting because it, it, it sort of didn't and it sort of did, which is is, is kind of a, a unique part of the story that doesn't often get told. And that's why I was happy when, when you and I spoke and I, I you asked me some things and, and this story kind of came out. Um, so I had always been into fitness um, in trying to get hired because I'm a, a smaller type person and I knew that I needed to be in, in good shape to do this job. And it even started with EMS where like I was lifting patients all day. I had to be able to lift my patients. Um, so I had always been doing fitnessy type things. Um, what happened to me early in my career as a firefighter was my department had a lot of loss. Uh, we lost a deputy chief in the line of duty. We had a few members uh, who died off duty in various different reasons. Um, I was then involved in a, a line of duty death of a firefighter in a town next to mine, but I was on scene and I knew him um, and it, it affected me It impacted my life in a, in a very large way. Um, and I sought out some help. It was kind of like, you know, my department did the best they could with what they had at the time to help. Um, but that didn't necessarily solve the problems. And I I definitely started relying on the ease of, of drinking too much too often. And my wife and my family members took note of that. Um, and, and my wife was a big proponent of me going to more therapy. And then through that, I started to run. Um, and I had run before, like run, Hey, you want to go run a 5k or whatever? But I started to get way more serious about running and running more races. And I always wanted to run and without really realizing it, I was replacing that negative addiction to alcohol or, or using alcohol too much to this positive addiction of running and wanting to get a better time and wanting to run a longer race. And it, it even came to the point and Um, in therapy, when I was speaking to my therapist about different things in my life, it was maybe like, I don't know, the seventh session or so I remember driving home and I had to pull the car over because I was just crying about everything that happened. It all flooded through to me that all of this was going on. Um, and that, that really helped months later, I was out on a run training for a half marathon and I had that same flood of emotions. That same exact, you know, I'm out here getting lost in my thoughts and processing events of, you know, losing Kevin, 9-11, whatever you could think of. It was just my me time. So that fitness end really became more important. And then 555 came along um, with uh, the, the captain from Fort Worth who started it. And as we started to grow it, more and more stories like this were coming to us, getting told to us. And it made me just realize how important fitness was to help me with my mental state of being. Mm-hmm. And so what, so today, how does that impact you? How does fitness impact me? It right. is, it is my life. Um, I mean, my passion for fitness and sharing it with others has totally in, encapsulated my life or like encapsulated is the word I want to use, but it's encompassed my life. It's everything I do, you know, getting to share this and to explain to people just how important it is. And, you know, even my wife will notice if I don't work out for a few days, she'll give me the nudge to be like, Hey, you need to go work out. Like you're getting wound a little tight here. What's um, it do? What's the, what's the actual things that happen in your mind or in your body when you don't work out versus when you do? When I don't, I am definitely way more tense. I'm definitely way more uh, short-tempered, easily annoyed by everything around me. You know, all those triggers that they teach us about in classes about having some form of post-traumatic stress, or I've never been diagnosed with anything, but all of that, they start to manifest. You know, I need that release. I need to have that experience of that endorphin high from working out um, in one way or another, whether it be running, lifting heavy, um, doing like a hard, uh, we call it Metcons, metabolic conditioning, where I'm combining 
running and, and um, lifting. You know, I need that feeling. And it, it just allows me to be so centered, you know, where some people need yoga and I love yoga. I love stretching. That doesn't really center me. What centers me is that 20 minutes of, of hardcore exercise. Mm -hmm. And do you have people around in your station or people you work with that join you in those things? Or are you kind of the, the Lone Ranger on, on a lot of that? Um, so in the beginning, I was sort of the Lone Ranger. You know, we, we, we did have a guy in my shift who before I got out hired was the Lone Ranger. Um, he literally was, the, I think, the only person on my department working out to the level that he was. Um, pre-555 and in the early days, uh, my crew at work did a lot of workouts together. It was just something we started doing every shift and it worked out really well. Um, over time, getting promoted, different responsibilities, just different life responsibilities for me. Um, I don't work out as much at work with the guys as much as I used to. Um, it's just not the way my life is, is working right now. Um, however, I'm fortunate that my wife shares the passion for fitness that I have. Um, so we, that's a, the time that we have together now. Um, we have a complete garage gym. So we're out in the garage a few times a week. Um, I've got my boys involved with me to an extent, you know, they do their own sports too, but they like to get out there and work out with us. Um, and then through 555, I have a network of people literally around the world that I can work out with virtually now through Zoom um, or even just talk to about our workouts. I mean, I get messages every day from someone telling me what their workout was. Um, or challenging me to do their workout. If I, if I did all the workouts I was challenged to do, I would have nothing else in my life but fitness. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into the 555 a little bit more, but I want to kind of dig a little, you know, dig a little deeper in, in the relationship you have with your wife and your workout. Because my wife and I, we, we, do, we don't work out necessarily, but we walk mm -hmm. just about every day when there's nice weather, even sometimes when there's nasty weather, we walk. We go out and walk between three and four miles every day. And we've often said, we've done this for years. I mean, we were walking when we were dating. And so we've kind of kept that up all our life. And we've been, we're going to hit 29 years this year. Good for you guys. So, Congrats on that, yeah, man. So I'm, really, thank you. I'm thank going you. for 15 so, this year, married. So you got me by awesome. a few there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, uh, but we've always said that it's good for the heart, the physical heart, but it's also good for the heart. Yes you know, the, the, the relationship part, so, I think, do you find that to be true in, in your relationship as you work out together? Well, yes, but it didn't always work that way. Um, so I was a CrossFit coach for a while, um, worked as a CrossFit coach and, and loved every minute of it. Um, I'm currently not a CrossFit coach anymore. I let that cert lapse. Um, so pre-555 and in the beginnings of 555 when I was doing this, we, we tried working out together and I tried being her coach mm. and that didn't work out so well. I'm not really sure <laughs> for all the other married people out there if you know what I'm talking about, but sometimes when you try to tell your spouse, I'm not just going to say man to wife, it could go wife mm -hmm. to man, mm -hmm. how to do things and, and they may not like doing them so much like you do or find them as easy as you do, doesn't always work. Um, so this has taken us a while to get to the level we're at. And we follow a program called street parking. Um, it's a company owned by a husband and wife, um, and, and they do home gym programming and they, they put out, there's so many workouts every day. I don't know. It's like 12 different workouts a day that you can customize in any way possible. And so I started doing that and this is maybe three and a half years ago and a little while into it, uh, Tracy got involved in it. And now it's not me coaching her. It's us coaching each other, utilizing mm -hmm. someone else's programs that we can adapt to work for us. And trust me, in mid-workout, there's definitely some F-bombs getting dropped back and forth to each other. Some <laughs> motivational, some maybe like, I don't need to hear what you just said to me in your motivation. I don't need your motivation right now, Pip. I'm working out. But that time together is so good for us. You know, that high five at the end or that pat on the butt halfway through the workout or, or just that little bit of time is our time together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we've found that the, the, the walking for us really does it. And, and we've recently even started, I work out in the morning in my home gym in the basement and my wife has started to say, hey, I want to do some of those workouts too. 
And so I'm doing a little bit of coaching, but we haven't got to that level yet where we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're dropping F-bombs at each other. So. It's good though. And, and, and see, listen too, though, like you, you just said, like you and your wife, you walk together and that's your thing. And all too often, and, and this did happen with 555, it's hard. And I know you said you want to get into 555 later, but I relate my life to it because it is my life now. Sure. You know, we got, oh, well, I can't speak to you. Uh, about fitness because you're the CrossFit guys or you're this type of guy. Listen, we are the fitness people. And if walking is the fitness that works for your wife and you, do it because you're doing something better than the couple that's not walking. That's just vegging on the couch and, you know, not doing anything for themselves. Mm -hmm. So get out there and, and take your walk. You know, I think that's a great thing for people. Yeah. You know, I found that uh, it, it's nothing for me to go out and walk four or five miles. It's easy. You know, and then I know my brother came and lived with us for a while and he was like, he was like, Hey, why don't you come, come walk with us? And he'd be like, after about two miles, he'd be like, I'm going back to the house. <laughs> I'm you done, know, yeah. you can tell because he hadn't done that. He hasn't, yeah. he hasn't prepared himself that way, but we've been doing it for so long. It's like, it's a piece of cake. I mean, here last weekend, we were down at, uh, in Tangier Island in the middle of Chesapeake Bay. And it's a, it's a crazy place. It's kind of a weird place and, and really amazing place to be. And we walked probably eight to 10 miles that day, just walking around the Island. And it was just, it was a wonderful experience. And so, uh, I think those kind of workouts that we do is, you know, it's simple, it's just walking, but it's really got us to where we are today. And I think we're healthier for it, not only in our bodies, but in our relationship as well. Yeah, you have that time together, you know, and, and that's something too, that when when you talk about our mental health, you know, our careers, or whether we're volunteering or career, the, the emergency services, uh, it affects your spouse, your, mm -hmm. your, you bring home, you bring this home, there's just no doubt in my mind. I mean, I know it for a fact. And you really have to take that time to talk to them to see how they're feeling about this because they hear your side of the story. How often do you hear theirs? Because, you know, you have to remember we, my wife makes the joke like, oh, he gets to go to his clubhouse and have fun for 24 hours with his buddies because the firehouse is a great place. I love every minute of that. But there's also a lot of a darker side to it. And she knows how that is. And she's seen it manifest in me in both negative and positive ways. And you need to keep that open line of relationship and having something like a workout or a walk to be, even be able to talk about that. Um, and the same is for my wife as a, a physician assistant. You know, she loses patients and, and we speak about that. It's a, it's a great bond that we have that we're able to be there for each other. Mm -hmm. Very good. So 555, first of all, what does that mean? And then what is it? <laughs> so so the uh, the original founder is a captain in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and he wanted to try to put more of an emphasis on fitness and the fire service because the leading cause of death is cardiac-related disease. Um, unfortunately, uh, in 2020, I believe the number is probably going to show COVID. Um, but at the time when we found that it was cardiac-related disease, and the number five in the fire service is synonymous with line of duty death because we use it as a way to honor firefighters who are lost in the line of duty. Um, it dates back to the call box system. Like I have my call box right there. Mm -hmm. um, usually the number five for fire departments would relate to the call being over. Um, we've now turned that into a, a sign of respect. So my department uses a single five. Uh, the city of New York uses four fives. Uh, city of Chicago uses 335. Um, so he thought that this numbers 555 really rang off very well. And, and that's where the name came from. Mm -hmm. um, and so what, what is the program about? What do you guys do? So, so again, we, we didn't really know what we were going to do. It just started out with providing free workouts. That's, that's how I got attracted to it. And part of me getting to know him was I was complaining about the programs he put out because they required you to have a rower, to have bumper plates and, and really good gym equipment. And I explained to him that my fire department did not have really good gym equipment. You know, we had hand-me-down equipment, things we brought in or garbage picked on our way to work. And when we got to talking, we said, well, why don't we start a not-for-profit, try to raise some money and give fitness equipment to departments that are in need. 
Um, so we started what we call a grant program. It's not necessarily a grant, but it seemed like a good name for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first grant we gave away went to a small volunteer fire department in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And that value was about $3,000 worth of fitness equipment. Um, I think we had 34 departments apply for that grant. Fast forward eight years, um, we've now expanded our grant program to three times a year. It is open to any emergency response organization. So fire, EMS, police, wildland, lifeguards, dispatch centers. Um, And each grant this year is valued at over $15,000 worth of equipment, supplements, and training. Wow. Wow. Where do you get your funding? Where does that come from? Uh, it's been an interesting ride, different, different ways. We, we started out selling t-shirts because that's what firefighters do. Um, we now have some really amazing corporate donors that each year provide us with uh, corporate donations. We've also made some really good connections within the fitness world. And those companies believe in our mission and they provide the fitness equipment to the Strength is Our Foundation grant, either at no cost or very little cost to us. Mm-hmm. So what does a department have to do to apply for a grant and what, what kind of helps them win a grant? <laughs> so what we do is we open the grant application three times a year. Um, we have a full application that gets filled out with demographics of the department, um, you know, how many members, what you're doing for fitness in your department. Um, and we talked a little bit before we, we came live, and I, I say this one all the time, but we never want to hear once we get this equipment, we will begin because you don't need the equipment to work out. You know, equipmentless workouts are something we've been providing um, almost since day one. So we like to hear a department that doesn't have the funds to purchase their own fitness equipment, but has the will to get their members fit. So we like to hear those stories about the departments that are using five inch hose as their fitness equipment. You know, we like to see the departments that are um, recently we've had some winners that are involving the community um, in their fitness programs or starting explorer programs, trying to teach young people about the importance of fitness in their life, not just to be a firefighter, but overall in whatever career they go towards. Um, Another key thing, too, that's been more recent than not is, you know, inviting other departments to use their fitness equipment. Because in the emergency service department, we are world, we are very much home rule, right? Like this is my firehouse, this is my hose, you can't touch it type thing. Um, we like to see these departments that are saying, you know, we respond to fires with our mutual aid departments. On Tuesday nights, they come in and work out with us. So it, it's been really amazing to get to be a part of this. And then just for a little more disclosure out there, um, I have absolutely nothing to do with picking the grant winner. Uh, we have our, our grant coordinator is, is CJ Hilliard, um, and a few folks help her with that. What we do is we read through, we have a few disqualifiers, um, and we have a panel that picks their five favorite grant winners. We then remove their names and their locations, and they go to an independent panel of judges, and that's who picks the grant winner. Okay, very cool. So you said you do three a year on, on the grants? Yeah, for the Strength is Our Foundation grant program, we do three a year. Um, We've done more than three in some years. Um, We do corporate grants as well, as we like to call them. So you may have a corporation or say like a movie like PTSD 911 that wants to give away a grant. Um, Whatever type of funds we can help you raise or you can raise, we're able to turn that into fitness equipment for the department of your choice. Um, so we partnered with other not-for-profits. We partnered with fitness events. Um, we partnered with private um, fire equipment sales companies. Um, and some, like I said before, some large corporate donors have helped as well. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then, and I'm, I read also where you have like a, a workout to do social media. How does that work? Or is that something that you guys are, is it ongoing? Um, so we attempt to put out Uh, workouts on our social media channels every day. We've recently ran into some problems again with our scheduling programs and we're trying to work that end of it out. Um, You know, social media changes, I feel like by the minute almost, I don't even want to say the day anymore. So just when we think we have something dialed in, 
something gets changed on us. Um, but we do try to provide free workouts every day. If you go to our website, um, there are different programs you can follow and all of our past workouts are there. Um, we have over a thousand workouts listed on our website and our social media channels. So it's one of those wow. things too, that we always wanted to be a resource that if you say, I don't know what to do in the gym today, just open up 555's Instagram and page through and you have a, a selection of whatever you want there. Hmm. So I want to open it up to the audience. If anybody has a question, there's a button down below that says reactions. If you want to just uh, raise your hand, if you have a question, uh, you know, raise your hand and let me know and I'll bring you on and uh, you can ask Pip a question about uh, anything he's talking about. Perhaps you want to know how to get in, into the, the commercial business. <laughs> hair care <laughs> products. I, I answer hair all care. the questions you need. I want to know. Yeah, I want to know about that hair care. How, how do you keep that thing stay, sticking straight up in the air? At, at this point in my life, I wake up like this now. It's, it's been this way for this long. I, I literally can wake up like this now. Um, so it's just, it was, it was one of those things where I said, I think it was a little, it's, it's hard to trace the actual start of it. If you're, if we're going to get into the Mohawk, but um, yeah. it was one of those things that once people started recognizing me for it, my son, my older son was maybe seven at the time and, or eight. And he's like, dad, you can never not have a Mohawk again in your life. Cause no one's going to know who you are. <laughs> so if I want to go incognito, I put a hat on. I know, I know on the commercial, your mohawk wasn't quite as uh, spiky. It was not quite as spiky. Um, you know, there's some things when you are working with a larger company like Verizon Wireless that they may like to see a little bit differently. So a uh, big opportunity like that required a bit of a change there in it. So. Yeah. And when they're writing you a check, you say, okay. It, it, it sort of is another whole part of it where there, there was a lot of emails though about talking about my hair and, and what was going to happen yeah. with it. So, you know, it, it can get parted over the side. Now we know that. <laughs> Interesting. So, uh, how has how has fitness for you? And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but how do you see this as really a mitigating the the traumas that you guys face? How does that and is it's there so physiology there that works that kind of helps the the brain? It's so hard to pinpoint. Conrad for me, you know, because it, it helps me in so many ways, you know, and I, I've thought about this in, in so many different ways now, because I talk about it so much, like, because like I, I told you, fitness has become my life in a whole new way and my passion for it. And just like saying like, you know, for you walking works with your wife, right? I try to paint these pictures in different ways so that anyone listening may pick one thing up and say, this is going to be the change, you know? So for those beginning years, I thought I'm doing this because I need to be able to lift a 200 pound fireman with a hundred pounds of gear out of a burning building. You know, I need to be able to save him. I, I didn't want to fail my brothers or my sisters. So I always have that in the back of my mind as an important part of this. Then as the 555 journey continued and I started to talk more about it, you know, I started to think to help other people. Why not say, you know, don't you want to do this for me? Right. Because we always talk about helping other people. You know, we're here for mm -hmm. them. You see all these catchphrases out there and things. But what about for ourselves? You know, we need to help ourselves so we can help them. So I think about them. I think about my brother and my sister firefighters. I think about the folks that call 911 and need me to be in good shape to, to possibly save them on their worst day. And I think about people's families. You know, would I be able to look someone I worked with wife and children in the eyes and say, my fitness failed me. That's why I couldn't save whomever that day. So I think about these things while I'm working out and it takes me to a whole nother place. And sometimes I think about them in ways too, where if I need to dig deep in a fire and I'm in this extremely hard workout and I want to give up, I don't want to take another rep. I can't do that at a fire scene. I need to keep pushing forward. So that's a whole nother level too that I think about when, I, when I'm working out. And I never would have guessed that fitness would do all these things for me and then in turn do them for so many other people. 
I mean, police, fire, EMS, military. Mm-hmm. And I even I mentioned lifeguards because I've talked to lifeguards about fitness because mm-hmm. they are very fit people. You know, that's how they're all manifesting this. That's how we're processing this. It's all way more than a workout for us. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, do you, you see the, well, in, in the past, you know, the proverbial cop with a donut has always been kind of the, the thing. But and, and I've seen some, and we've seen the videos that you know overweight cops trying to chase a bad guy and they just can't keep up you know that's why it's so critical i think for first responders to be as fit as they possibly can and i always say and and, it's, and not only physically but you know mentally and in spiritually really to, so that when i pick up the phone and call 911 someone healthy shows up at my door you know so- and i've done that i've i've you know i had a I was working out here a couple of years ago and I wasn't hydrating and I got lightheaded. And the next thing I know I was about passing out and I wasn't sure exactly what was going on. My son was home and I said, just call 911 and the local volunteer fire guys showed up and they knew me and they were like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> What's going on with you? You know, and I was glad they were, I was glad they were able to, you know, carry me down the stairs and put me on a stretcher and, take me to the hospital because, you know, they were healthy and I was just being dumb. I wasn't hydrating. (laughs) Fortunately, that's all it was that day. But uh, you know what it is too with fitness and and what you're saying? Yeah. Like we we have to be in shape, you know, police officer should be in shape to to chase that bad guy down the street. You're a firefighter. You should be in shape to throw, throw that ladder. Right. And we think about that physical end of it. And then you talk about that mental end and that spiritual end and what you're able to gain from it from fitness for all these other benefits, you know, being healthier and, and that endorphin release and, and feeling better about yourself, you know, where you PR to lift and it gives you that good feeling inside that you didn't even realize you needed prior to it. Um, and we spoke a little before too about the camaraderie, you know, like working out at work, even though I'm not doing it as much as I used to, working out with my guys or even watching them work out if I'm doing something else. And I know they're down there. I hear them yelling at each other, motivating each other, that togetherness, you know, that's the brotherhood that, that I love to talk about, you know, that's the true together. You know, that that person next to you is sweating right now in a workout, they're going to do anything to help you. If you get on the radio and say, mayday, 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 and they're going to leave it all out there because they left it all out there in the gym. So you get all these added benefits to that mental side. And I say this a lot. When we started 555, we were just two dudes who liked to work out. Like two bros that literally liked working out a lot. And we're like, let's see if there's some other bros out there uh, that like to work out a lot. And we found not just bros, but but sisters as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And even our, our first grant coordinator, Ava, she's started challenging me to workouts. This is very early on. So it was like very, the first person to challenge me was a, a female firefighter and she crushed me in like four workouts in a row. Um, I finally picked one that I knew I would have an upper hand at. Like I stacked the deck so I could win. Um, and she told, she told, she still tells the story that she let me win. Um, but I, I know, I but you, you see how you have that camaraderie and that makes you feel good. You know, you're not competing to beat this person, even though you are, but you're competing with them and you're competing with yourself. So I think that's a huge part of this as well. Yeah. So what's your favorite workout? Oh, see, I always get asked that question. It's what, like, <laughs> you know, I, I like, <laughs> I like Murph. Uh, it's coming up the, the Memorial day Murph for Mike Murphy, one mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, one mile run again. Um, I do it once a year. That's it. Mm. But I, I do like something like that, you know, 20 pound weighted vest, um, really spending an hour challenging myself. You know, I like those super long ones um, once in a while. I don't need to do that any day. I'm, I'm getting a little bit older. My body is letting me know that I have to take care of it in more time stretching than time underweight. <laughs> um, but I like that kind of a workout, you know, and, and I do like now too working out with my kids. Anything I can do with my kids is just great. Mm-hmm. So if I'm getting started, what should we do? where should I start? First day fitness, the the program that I recommend is you walk or run one mile a day for 30 days straight. You know, that commitment to yourself, it's less about the actual fitness of completing the mile. It's about committing that time frame, 10 to 20 minutes a day for 30 days straight, 
back to you. And most people that do it find they do start to run faster, maybe run a little bit longer, but it's really about that commitment. That's where people need to start. All too often people get thinking when I start, I have to see that number on the scale drop very rapidly. Mm. I have to see the waist sizes drop very rapidly. I have to spend a long time in the gym. You just need that commitment to yourself in the beginning, make it a habit, and then you can start to expand on on everything else. Mm -hmm. So that's my ultimate starting tip. That's awesome. It's one of those things that if you don't set a goal like that, you really will never get to it. You'll, you'll never achieve what you are yes. looking for. And, and, and all too often people set a goal, like I'm going to run a marathon. Like right. that, that, that's not day one goal. Like it's a great goal. That, that's 365 day goal. I want you to have a very attainable 30 day goal to commit that time to yourself because you need those short goals. You need the medium goals and you need that super long one. You need those little wins, yeah. right? You need to be able to say, Hey, I did this. I did this for a week Yep. and now I can do it for the second week. And so it's really motivating. I'm doing uh, in the street parking program, they, they have what's called an endurance workout. So it's one a week. So I am committed to doing all 52 of them this year. Um, so mm-hmm. one a week and I have a little coloring chart that has the word endurance with all the numbers on it. And I color in my little weekly thing every week. And we're on week 21, I think this week is somewhere around there, but that's my goal. And I need that coloring chart to keep my goal, to be dead honest with you. It's, it's like a child, like I feel like a little child saying, like I have to color this in, right? But that helps me keep that goal to myself and get to that end of completing 52 of them. Again, it's just that visual representation of, of that win, of that I stare at it. So, so the, the, <laughs> the, the past couple of weeks have been a little bit longer. They're like one was 55 minutes. So, and I use the assault bike uh, for every one of these just about. And so I'm on this assault bike at like minute 45 and I'm just staring at that mm-hmm. wall of the, the little piece of paper with the coloring on it. Mm-hmm. And that's helping me visualize like getting to that goal. It's a very important, mm-hmm. very good part of my life. Yeah. I have a goal for next year. My plan is to, to, for me and a friend to bicycle across the U.S. Nice. From, from uh, Oregon to Maryland. And it's like 3,000 some miles and six or seven weeks on a bicycle. And so uh, that's a big, hairy, audacious goal I have for next year. So I'm starting to work this year to get out on your bike, <laughs> get out on the bike, you know, and it's mostly, you know, kind of getting the backside ready. <laughs> for hours in the saddle. It's a long time in the saddle. I was supposed yeah. to do in 2020, we were going to do the 9-11 Promise Ride, uh, which mm-hmm. actually rides through Fredericksburg. It's from the Pentagon to uh, the crash site in PA. Oh, yeah. Um, they also yeah. have the 9-11 Promise Run. Um, it's a not-for-profit. I met them because they stop at my firehouse when they come through New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we were had a team from 555 that was going to do it in 2020. And then obviously... 2020 became 2020. 2020. <laughs> um, they are doing it in 2021, but we just cannot commit to, to, we just won't be ready in time to do it. So um, I am hoping in 2022, I can make that ride through the hills of Pennsylvania because it, it, it looks like a very hilly ride, but it's one of those things you have to train for. Um, that's sure. not just, Hey, sure. jump out on a bike. I know um, it's national police week this week, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they do the, um, Oh my God, the name just forgot. Like the police honor ride. It's it's called something. Okay. I can't think of yeah, I forget what it is. But they ride through New Brunswick. Oh, they ride through New Brunswick okay. as well. So every year, you know, I've got to see those guys go down and I've know people that ride through it. And I think mm-hmm. that's another one of those things. It's great to do, but you have to train for it. So just in the our final minutes here, do you does anyone else have any questions for Pip as we uh wrap up the evening here? Hey Pip, you talked earlier about going through uh therapy. Uh did you find a connection right away with your therapist or did you have to go through several of them or you talked about going through at least seven sessions? Was that able just to work for you from the beginning or how'd that go come about? Um, so, so, so the first time the job sent me like to the EAP therapy, there was absolutely no connection with that person whatsoever. Um, and that was just kind of going through the motions, I think for me and him. Um, and again, it was at no fault to my job. It was what they had at the time. Um, when my wife and and family kind of stepped in and said, you know, you need to to talk to somebody about this, um, they recommended someone and it took 
me probably about four sessions to have a, a breakthrough with her, let's say, to where I really started to realize some of the things she was telling me. Um, and then again, it was probably like seven or so sessions that I really, really connected. So it did take some time. Um, and then my wife started going to see her and we started going together. Um, and that too was one of those things that took more time for us to be able to do it. So it's definitely, I feel like you need to have that connection with the person you're talking to. Um, and if you're not feeling that you, you need to kind of find someone else is the, the easiest answer that I could say. And I think there are some groups and organizations that help you find those, those, uh, those therapists who are really, you know, work with first responders or work with people in your particular agency type that can, can help you. And, uh, and so I think we can, we can connect some people to some of those organizations through some of the connections I have. So if you want to reach out, Brian, if you want to, if you have anybody that you, if you're looking for someone like that, we can, I can maybe uh, steer you in the right direction in some way. I think too, and that's one of the things too, where there are so many organizations out there and people tend to forget that what one person offers you may not work for you. It's the same as with fitness, where there isn't really one brand of fitness that works for everyone or one particular piece of equipment that works for everyone. It's the same when we talk about our mental health, where there's so many different options. You know, some people respond better to a group. Um, some people respond better to um, people who have nothing to do with the emergency services, you know, because a lot of times and, and some things I've learned recently, um, a lot of the people that come into our career already come in with past life traumas. Um, and I just learned something about a very good friend of mine that 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 was the case for him. Um, and I learned about it. He was on another podcast and told his story. And it all when he told his story about prior life traumas, it all made sense. But we were so focused on, oh, he had another bad call. Let's talk about that bad call. That's, that's what we do, right? We talk about the bad call. Mm. Yes, that was affecting him. But what was truly affecting him was what happened to him as a child. And, and he went through mm. a program, a, a very intense program that brought that out. So, you know, those are just more things that we have to always think about. Mm -hmm. Beth, you're raising your hand. Uh, go ahead and jump in and uh, ask your question. So uh, this is my 22nd year in law enforcement. And um, for about 10 years, I was crime scene investigator. So uh, lots of different um, trauma. And, and, you know, I know everybody that's involved in first responder work. It's, it's usually not one call, right? It's layers and layers and layers of different things that, um, that pile up. And then one thing happens. And then you feel the weight of all of those things. And um, I know that, that that definitely happened to me. And I, it was two or three years after, um, you know, a, a, a horrific call. Um, and same exact thing, Pip, the work sent me to EAP, which, you know, exactly what you said, that's what they had. But you know, they're, they're marriage and family counselors usually, and, and they don't necessarily have. So um, what was good though, is, is I went back to HR and I said, you know, I, I think I really need someone that's industry specific um, and, and that understands. And um, through some research, they found it, but I, I'm happy to say that was, you know, that was 12, 15 years ago. Now, um, you know, we have trauma and peer support at, at a lot of the local age agencies. Um, and depending on where you're located, there's, you know, there's everything from EDMR type treatment that's free to local first responders. Um, uh, in we're in Southern California and there's just a tremendous amount of support. And so it's, um, it is out there for, for anyone that, that needs it. And, um, I've got a lot of connections here as well. And, um, I'm, I'm just thankful that you guys are, are on this and, uh, and that things like this are, are happening because, um, we've got to remove the stigma that, that it's okay, or, you know, that it's not okay to reach out and, um, and remove that stigma that, you know, somebody's going to get in trouble or they're going to lose their job or something like that. If, if they, um, you know, have stress. So, um, I'm really glad to hear that, that this is, um, 
you know, moving forward and that you guys are on online. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Beth. Oh, thank you, Beth. Yeah, you're, you're so right too about, about that change, you know, and again, I, I come at this from the, the fitness end of things, but it opened up so many different sides of, of, of what we do with 555 now and seeing that change just in, in my own career has been so good and that it's okay to not be okay. Right. Like that's what we all are almost together, that it's okay to not be okay. And the more we talk about these things, the more we find our resources and and find people within your department and not within your department. You know, I have this amazing 555 family of people that help me run the organization that I could call at 1 a.m. if I need to to talk um, just about what could have happened or not happened. And these are things that, again, you know, Conrad, you, you had pointed out before as a 17 year old kid riding an ambulance, I had no idea about I was just, you know, and now we're teaching these 17 year old kids, you know, we, we need to keep you talking about these things and reaching out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, Pip. It's been a real pleasure having you. And for everyone that has joined us tonight, thank you so much for, for being here and for uh, supporting this. Uh, new kind of relaunch of our podcast and we're going to put this audio out and video out as well uh, in the next few days. Uh, Pip, do you have any final words of encouragement? Where can people find you? Where can they find your website? How can they sign up? How can they uh, win that grant? For sure. So, all right. So we'll start going into the, uh, the first questions is the easiest place to find me is Instagram uh, at 555pip. Um, or you can email me pip at 555fitness.com. Um, that's pretty much the, the easiest and, and fastest way to find me. Or you can see the commercial on Verizon Wireless YouTube. Plug right there, I guess, for that one. Yep. Um, I also go. host a podcast. We, we haven't been too active lately, but we are planning on jumping back on. It's called The Size Up. Um, it's on Spotify, SoundCloud, um, National Fire Radio's YouTube channel. That's my sponsor for the podcast. And I, I put them out through National Fire Radio. Um, also, uh, Clubhouse is now available for iPhone and Android users, so I highly recommend downloading the Clubhouse app. Um, we have a 555 Fitness Club. I help out with the Crew First Culture Room. I help out with the National Fire Radio Room. Um, and it, it's really just a great place to interact with folks, you know, like uh, kind of how I met Conrad on there. You know, you get a lot of different opinions and a lot of different stories, and, and people are putting out good content there. So. Well, that's another great place. Um, when it comes to 555 Fitness, give us a follow on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we do do more on Instagram than Facebook just because Facebook is very complicated these days. It's, it's not as easy. It is. <laughs> right? Like yeah, when you're, I, I agree. I totally agree. It's just Instagram's a very easy it, way. Yeah. Um, you can learn more about the grant and learn about the application at 555fitness.org. Um, the round two for grant applications is opening... Um, June 1st to July 1st. Um, so if you've applied before, we stress apply again, update us with anything new that may be going on. Um, we also keep the applications um, for those private funded grants that appear. Um, last year, we had an organization, a not-for-profit called VetWAD, raise $12,000 for us that we were able to turn into fitness equipment uh, for the Rapides Parish Fire District in Louisiana. Um, and that was an awesome experience to be a part of, especially uh, during 2020, it was an online fitness event. So being able to do all these workouts with all these different folks online was great. That's very cool. Uh, I think I got them all out there. I think. <laughs> very cool. CJ, you have a question or a comment you want to make? Yeah, thanks. Thank you, comrade. Uh, uh, and Brian, I'll get to you off, you know, off this too with that, that information. But thanks. This has been great. Very, very insightful. And I'm, I'm excited to see um, an organization like yours who, who took up the banner when, for the last decade, you've been, you know, you look at the, the line of duty deaths and you're thinking, you know, you know, association, no, no, heart attack, medical event, you know? And uh, so thank you and, and thanks everybody for the work that you do. How are you? I appreciate that, man. It's definitely something, you know, we, we, we set a very lofty goal in the beginning and, and what's, what's happened was it used to be cardiac related disease and now it's turned into medical emergency. So now we're encompassing a lot of other things. And listen, do I, do I think we'll be able to change that number? I really hope over time, it's a hard number to crack, let's say, 
But even making more people aware, I think, has been a huge part of that, just that awareness um, for both responders and people in the outside community. Because trust me, when I deal with people in the fitness world, they have no clue. They don't think about the person riding on the truck's well-being. They just want them there when they need them there. So that's been a great thing for us is, is expanding, you know, who wears the uniform, whether it be a police uniform like Beth wears, a fire uniform like we wear, you know, and unfortunately they call them EMS workers, but I do like EMTs and paramedics as their titles better. But, you know, think about that person wearing that uniform. They didn't get superhuman strength the day they, they swore an oath. So that's been a cool part of it too. Very good. Well, well, we'll leave it there. And for all of you for joining us tonight, thank you so much. And uh, keep us, uh, keep sharing our information about our film, share Pip's information about 555 Pitness, and let's go out there and make the world a better place. Thanks for listening today. Please consider making a donation toward our film project, PTSD 911. We need your support in order to get this film finished would sure appreciate your help in getting us there. Be sure to register for future events at ptsd911movie.com and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Until next time, be well.